Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Caught Offside with Andrew Gunling and J.J. Devaney. Oh, yes. Caught Offside just outside of New York City. And once again, from the Jersey Shore, Andrew Gunling. JJ Devaney, what's up, brother? I've uh, I've had a rough day, Andrew. Actually, that's not true. I've had a rough morning. Um, so I I just want to quickly before we get to the podcast, uh, the football stuff. I just wanted to talk it through with you, and maybe just tell our listeners. Okay. Um, is that okay? I I just a little bit of a, a group of therapy session. We're all friends, of course. Right. So um. So I have some bad habits in the morning and one of them is a habit everybody has. Like I'll check my Instagram, I look at Twitter and I'll sometimes go and read reviews or, or look at what the animals do on Reddit. And most oh, of the time, yeah, I saw yeah. you. I don't know what you got involved in a in a vicious attack and I don't know where it came from. No, did I? Yeah, you and uh, Emerald Toffees. I thought he was just oh, kidding yeah. around. You went very hard at him. I think you oh, owe no, an, no, no, an he... apology. No, but he's not kidding around. He's he's deadly serious. He is dense now. He is. He is <laughs> I don't even like know he, what he was referring to. Well, he, whatever. He, keep that, going. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't matter. That that's I cannot go around in circles on that one. But anyway, so I, I flicked on for some reason, like, and this is super early in the morning. The baby's asleep. My girlfriend's asleep because I'm going to get up and go to the beach. And I said, okay, I'll just give me five minutes to just look at a few things. So I flicked through some iTunes reviews, and. The problem is that most of the time they're really, really nice and complimentary and five stars and everything because our, our our listeners are are pretty sound about it. But every now and again, you get one and you're like, ah, oh, oh boy. And this one was like, this one was harsh. Uh, the guy was like, I think he was like Anfield Red or NYC Anfield Red. Oh, oh boy. And he was like, he was like, Andrew's fine, but his the guy from Sligo is is um. Which makes me think he's like a paisan. He's Irish too. Um, 
he, he called me a narcissist. Wait, thick wait, as a I, brick. I, you usually, you usually have the Liverpool people wrapped around your finger. No, no, I must have said something anyway, or, or, or maybe like, do you know what? Maybe he just doesn't like what I do, or he doesn't like me, or he clearly doesn't from the review he left. And like, that's actually fine. It's just you know, sometimes when you read criticism of yourself, no, no, no matter how much you're like, learn and grow, learn and grow. You're oh like, yeah. Oh. Oh geez, that stings a bit. Ooh. Yeah, I I have a designated screaming room in my house. I outwardly I try I, I look at I say, Oh, this is unfortunate. And I, I calmly walk into the screaming room and then I just unleash and then I come out and, I, and I'm screaming better. Screaming room. Oh my god, a screaming room. I need one of those. This won't make me scream. It kind of just it was like, ah, you know what? He might be he made some good points. Like, so the narcissist thing, I wouldn't argue. Neither would you. <laughs> like I wouldn't. I like I I and I I don't think it's really true narcissism. It's like it's like I I do have massive feelings of inadequacy, which I which I completely overcompensate with like a, a self confidence that just really has no foundations. Hmm. Um. So so okay, the narcissism fine. And they and he was like saying just parrots other better journalists and podcasters' opinion, and I'm like. I do do that. Of course I do. I don't parrot them. I, I like I use them for the debates, but I wouldn't want to I wouldn't want to have a podcast where it's just me. Like I like to hear from other people and everybody knows the Rory Smiths, the Ken Earleys, all the people I like. Everybody knows that. And and uh, he made one accusation. The only accusation I hit, I I thought that was unfair was that I never give them credit for it. Like I like, Oh, oh that that is not true. I think I sometimes says, I think we do that to a fault. Exactly. He says some he says sometimes gives credit, but more often doesn't like that's that's an absolute that's that's just a lie. It's not true. I always do to a fault. Like, OK, fine. And then he said no original thought. I think I do have original thoughts. Some of them might be <laughs> fair enough, but they are my they are my original thoughts. So I read it and I thought, you know what, like. Fair enough. Like if if that's the way the guy feels, fair enough. And 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 also, it's not good to have like overwhelming praise all your whole life. Um, and it, it, this podcast, since we started with ESPN, with ESPN, like ten years ago almost, people have been so nice to us. And so no, it's no harm. You know what? Maybe it's good to take a kick in every now and again. So I looked at that and I thought, look, life's generally good. I'm about to go down to the beach. The sun is coming up. It's absolutely fine. Don't worry about it. So. Put, put my hurt feelings aside <laughs> and I go down to the beach and I go for a little run on the sand. It's like a little, just like 10 minutes of a run. Sun's coming up. It's absolutely gorgeous. But as I'm coming back up, I, um, I overhear two men, like one in his fifties, you know, older gentlemen, one in his seventies. Oh no. And, uh, and Andrew, they're slagging me off. They're talking about me. <laughs> and this is what they had to say. I think it looks terrible on the beach. It looks terrible on the Skinny beach. Skinny legs. Well, he can't walk through the sand. You know, sand yeah. is not that easy to walk through. But when he walks through it, he can't walk through the sand. And there's somebody in there that thinks he looks fabulous at the beach. I think he looks horrible at the beach. Well, I, I, I think I recognize that voice. He looks horrible at the beach. <laughs> are you it's saying, like, are you like uh, a, a, a sort of like a closeted WBS sufferer? No, no. I apparently I've I've thin legs. Uh, I struggle on the sand, and and someone thinks that I look great at the beach. But like, uh, so my confidence is really, really low after hearing all these things. Oh no, well, I'm sorry. I'm sorry that the that the last twenty four hours have been such a struggle for you. You're supposed to go to the beach and, and relax, and and kind of this is where you recharge, and and then you come back refreshed. It seems like it's 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 taken a lot out of you. 
No, I, I was heckled by Tucker Carlson and a former president. It's been rough. It's been pretty yeah. rough. I will say, though, in all fairness. Um, uh, I thought NYC... that former president was in Georgia today. How, how was he in, in in Jersey at the same time? I, I'm hey, confused. Listen, he, he gets around that guy. Okay. He really does get around. Yeah. Um, I would say to, to, to the guy that left the review, just <laughs> come. And again, this is probably my insecurities as well. Listen, if you are an NYC and you support Liverpool, come to the Monroe, the supporters club bar. I'm there all the time. I'll buy you a pint and I'll try and soothe over oh. all the unlistenable podcasts. I didn't that know I that I, you when you started going there, I didn't know that that was heading towards the, I'll buy you a pint route. I thought, you oh, were, no, you, you, I thought you were going to fight him. Look, you, you know where you I thought, am. You, Monroe, yeah. Saturday morning. Be Saturday morning, meet you outside the Monroe, and you better bring your f- dinner. Um, no, not not like that at all, Andrew. Not like that at all. I don't like if so. Like honestly, like if someone doesn't like what you do, you, just, you try and buy them as much drink so you can make them like you. You got to win them over, and that's yeah. And you're on a cruise, minds, Andrew. This this will this will be one at the bottom of a bottle of whiskey. Yeah. No, we both. I think we both subscribe to the uh, the George Costanza way of of going about things here the the so so she doesn't like you what's the big deal everyone has to like you yes everyone must like me everyone has to like me i think we both feel that way we need we need unanimous approval and uh and if we don't have it we'll we'll do all we can to win it exactly and and my girlfriend did say to me the other day uh, in a conversation about something entirely different she said you just like the attention and uh, and maybe that's it rather than like I don't know. Maybe maybe that's a component of narcissism. By the way, the animals are very well educated. If we've got people out there who are psychiatrists, psychologists, therapists, and have listened to the podcast for a while, if you think I'm a narcissist, do let me know because I would like to know what are the indicators of that. Interesting. All right. Well, well, this is all. This has been a fascinating start to this podcast. I'm so excited about this one. Even when it when it feels like maybe things are you know a little midweek lull. Champions League hasn't kicked in yet. I know they got qualifiers going on and all that. And and Villa laid a, a pasting on Hibs and oh. Conference League qualifying and all that stuff. But yeah, it felt like there was a little lull. But there's never a lull. We we we've, we've been around way long enough to understand by now that every every pod is a full show. By the way, one last thing on that note: the animals really made it known that they they are all for long episodes. In fact, they don't think we're doing episodes that are long enough. Now, here's what I will say. I, I love that the animals feel that way. That's very nice. I don't know if they're right. <laughs> I'm not sure if they're... I think maybe they're speaking for other animals, but I don't know if they're speaking for everyone at large. Uh, but whatever. whatever. I, I think we, I, I think basically we we do what we do and whatever the time is, it is. And I think I, I think we maybe... We spend too much of our brain power thinking about that. I, I think if... If any, if it's anything to go by, and the animals are going to hate this, but I, I was listening to Barry Lineker, uh, Mika Richards, and Alan Shearer's podcast. The rest is football, okay. And um, they maybe, maybe it's a maybe it's a compressed show on YouTube, but that was like thirty minutes. Hmm. So, I don't know. I, I, we are we are far too much blather. Yeah, we do. Just... There, there's no way around that. It's the anyway. Truth. On with the blather. So, yeah, and we got a lot to blather about. Um, there's some transfer stuff that we got to get to that we're going to talk about. There's some stuff, more fallout from Spain winning the Women's World Cup. Um, some Manchester United tidbits that are that are not particularly good for Manchester United. Um, so a lot of stuff there. But let's start, JJ, with what caught my caught my attention earlier today. I feel like there's been rumblings about this for a little bit, but but it really seemed to take on a life of its own today. And that is these rumors of Mohamed Salah being courted by uh, Saudi Arabia 
And I don't think they're just rumors anymore. According to Sky no. Sports, Al Idihad are reportedly prepared to, quote, go all out in an effort to land Mohamed Salah. Um, now, we'll see. Kave Solakal of Sky Sports, uh, he said this afternoon, we've known for quite a while that they want to sign Salah and that as far as Liverpool are concerned, he's not for sale. Uh, Fabrizio Romano tweeted, Al Idihad astronomical contract bid to Salah remains valid to tempt Mo, but only way would be for Salah to force the move. So as it stands now, it seems like the the interest from Al Idihad in Saudi Arabia is very, very real. And I've seen various figures, but they are, like Fabrizio Romano says, some of the numbers I've seen, they are in fact astronomical. Um, He would be a huge get. I mean, obviously he's of all the soccer players right now in the Arab world, JJ, would you say he's he's the biggest? I mean, this oh, of would, course, he's not, absolutely number one. Yeah, so this would be just an, I mean, as big as Ronaldo was. That I mean, that's the most important get that I think they could have gotten. Messi would have also been, but this is this is the next biggest that they could possibly do. I think for what he would mean to that part of the world, and so I do believe that they're going to go all out. Now, the interesting part for me is not that. That's the part that I would expect. And I'm almost surprised it took this long for those reports to happen with the transfer deadline just a few days away in the Premier League, although not in Saudi Arabia, which Jurgen Klopp has noted, and I now see why he's not happy about it. The part that I'm interested in is the Liverpool side of this. So the reports, JJ, are that Salah, as far as Liverpool are concerned, he's not for sale. And the question that I would ask you is, should he be? So... um... So that, that that's an easy answer right now. No. At this moment in time, he absolutely should not be for sale. There okay. is no time to get in a replacement. And also, there is no replacing your top scorer for the last six seasons. But, and, and, and I do think this is the case, I can see this happening next summer. So next June, he'll turn 32. He'll have one year left on that bumper contract he signed. That's 350000 a week in wages, 18 million a year in salary. I think FSG will do business next year with, with if there's a year left on that contract. And I think Saudi Arabia will come in again with a bumper deal. But not right now. You would be torpedoing the club's, the club's chances this season to get rid of Salah like that. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I was a little torn on it because we do talk all the time about clubs trying to recognize when the moment is right to make a move. And especially with players of his level, it's really hard because it's not just, you know, you, you remember their, you know, the, the great things they've done for the club. Players that great have, obviously, they're more than just the player itself. There's an emotional value that goes along with this, that the, the way the fans have connected with a player like Mo Salah uh, over the years in Anfield and with Liverpool. So it's hard. It's hard to recognize when that moment is. And look, you're probably right. Like, I, I if Liverpool have any... I mean, look, if they, it depends what they think they can get out of this season. Like, look, if the Saudis are offering a truckload of money, and I know you say you can't let them go because you don't have a replacement, they kind of do. Like, it's a, part of the, it's a part of the field where they're most plentiful in terms of what they have. Jota, Diaz, Nunez, possibly Gakpo. I mean, he can move back into one of those slots. I front. know, Andrew, Andrew, none of them have scored the volume of goals he has consistently no, of course not, for the but, club. Like, no, but, but it's not, they're, it's they're, not about like, what he's done in the past. Here's the thing. So he's 31. And so I went back and I looked at some, some comps, some other players who were strikers or goal scorers in the Premier League. Um, and I, and I kind of looked through some of them. 
who were like of his caliber, like players that were gr- that were truly great of their era. Sergio Aguero, when when his season when he was thirty one, he scored sixteen goals in twenty four league appearances. Good. The next year, four goals. The year after that, one goal. The year after that, retired. Wayne Rooney, when he turned thirty one, he was ten goals at Everton. The next year, MLS. Terry Henry. When he was 31, his final year at Barcelona, four goals. Next year, MLS. Drogba, his 31-year-old season, was phenomenal. 29 goals, 10 assists for Chelsea. The next season, down to 11. After that, just five. And after that, he was he was that was it. This is like 31 kind of feels like the age where it starts to tail. And so the the variable here is maybe you can get what you said if they're so desperate for him maybe he caught maybe he can get the same amount next summer from saudi arabia as what he would get this summer but i don't know he's one year closer to the end of his deal he's one year older and maybe who knows if that tail off begins this year like it has with some of these other players who turn that age in the premier league i I think liverpool will look at it and they'll say we'll still make all out all right next year when saudi arabia because don't forget saudi arabia throw money around there's no financial fair play there Mm-hmm. They throw it around like it doesn't matter. So maybe it won't be as much as they're offering this season um, or this transfer window, but, but they'll come back with, an, with a, a very tasty offer, even if he's 32 next year. And I think that's the time to sell with a year left in his contract. Um, not now. Like The plan is not for him to go anywhere. That mid, that uh, attack has been slowly but surely dismantled, the Mane, Firmino, Salah attack, and they're trying to bed in new players. And just like the midfield that lost two experienced players in one summer, Klopp does not want to lose another player to Saudi Arabia. One as important as Salah has been for the last few seasons. Even if you're right, even if we're about to hit some decline, that decline wasn't there last season. No, it was and, not. It was not. And, That's true. And you can't gamble on that happening and just hoping. Also, like you've, as much as we, as much as there's attributes in terms of winning the ball back, strength. Um, carrying the ball like the Gakpo has, we have not seen a volume of goals from him yet. We have not seen a volume of goals from Darwin Nunes yet. We know what Jota and Diaz are, but they're probably not 20, uh, 25 goals all competitions. So like that, it, it's not, it's just with no time to pivot to someone else, I'm probably with no one else identified, you don't do this. You just don't do it. You're probably... You wait till- yeah, and you wait till next season. And you'd have already factored in, like, there's another side to it too. And, like, Klopp would definitely have gone to bat with FSG for both Henderson and Salah and Van Dyke, who, who got contracts renewed after they turned 30 or just as they were about to turn 30. So, that like, that's, maybe I'm naive here, but there is a loyalty to the manager there. There really is, or there should have been. They Henderson did not seem to show it so much. And he left with a couple of years left on his contract. Um, and, and Salah's in a similar position. And I, I do think Salah has a rapport with the fans. I also think Salah is aware of status and aware of the competitions you want to be in. Now, he's not in the Champions League this season. I understand that. But the Premier League is still the... the, the uh, the elite league in world football and in European football, and he wants to still be in that spotlight. I'm, I'm, I'm sure of that. And going to Saudi Arabia is, is, is just cancelling all that out. So, um, I hear what you're saying, but you know you can't figure, you can't factor in a decline that hasn't happened yet. Liverpool should hang, hang on for another year, definitely. 
Well, that's but that is and they, the, and ultimately that is the challenge. You say you can't factor in a decline that hasn't happened yet, but that but you don't want to wait for the decline. Like the like you want to you want to be able to recognize when you think it might be on the brink. And, you know, this is a guy who has a lot of mileage on him. I mean, Liverpool have played a ton of games over the last several seasons, and he's been a part of pretty much all of them. Um, you know, it's it's not like they're in the Champions League this year. Like, maybe you don't think they're good enough to win the league, but you keep Salah because, okay, well, maybe we can get hot in the Champions League. Europe seems to be where this team has thrived over the last, you know, in the Klopp era. You're not competing there. I don't know. I, I understand I understand why they would keep him, because Saudi Arabia may come in with with relatively close amount of money next year. Um but I, I also there is part of me that also thinks maybe we'll look back on this moment when we're trying to predict when the moment should have been to maybe part ways with a player. I, it wouldn't shock me if we came to find out later on. Yeah, maybe maybe that summer was the moment. If, if Saudi Arabia had come in earlier, I wonder if this would have been different. But the fact that I'm now also, there's only I'm, a couple of days left hurts. I'm also talking as a fan, and I I want I players coming in, into the club. I don't want players leaving. So yeah, yeah. Well, we'll see. There's only a couple of days left. Uh, again, not for Saudi Arabia, but I would think Liverpool are they're going to shut the door once the door is shut for them to be able to bring in replacements. So, um, you know, we we couldn't know soon enough. And this idea that this move will only happen if Salah forces it, I don't think he would do that. That would surprise me. Now, I will say, I know we didn't want to read into it. We thought it was a bit of an overreaction. But boy, as I was reading this story, I couldn't help but think about how mad he was when he came off the field um, two weeks ago in that first game. Yeah, I mean... And the weird thing about what about that was that it wasn't like he'd been badly treated in the previous three or four games and got hooked after an hour or something like that. And this was a buildup of frustration. It was frustration in the very first game. Yeah. So maybe there are underlying things there. Maybe he is restless. Maybe he wants something different. But um, you're going nowhere, Mo. Nowhere. Uh, let's see. While we're mentioning transfers, a couple others uh, that I just briefly want to touch on. We spoke the other night about Manchester City and their bench looking a little thinner than normal. Uh, well, they're working on that, working on fixing that. And they've now shelled out 65 million euros for Jeremy Doku, Belgian winger, plays for Wren or did used to play for Wren. Now he's with Manchester City. Uh, since the start of last season, I was reading at the uh, the BBC, completed more dribbles per 90 than anyone else in Europe's top five leagues, 6.8. The next closest, JJ, was actually Alan St. Maximin of Newcastle, formerly of Newcastle at 4.9. That's a huge, dis- that's a, that disparity is huge. So... Um, they brought in an electric player. Opta Joe had something quite interesting. Uh, They said 356 meters, Doku's ball carry distance of 356 meters per 90 minutes is also the highest of any player in Europe's big five leagues since the start of last season. So 356 meters, Jeremy Doku, 347, Rayan Cherokee, 331, Facundo Medina, 317, Jack Grealish. 309 Usman Dembele. Now I was looking at the the FB ref scouting report. Oh my god. <laughs> it's pretty good. The um like non-penalty goals, non-penalty XG. Um he's like non-penalty goals, he's in the 99th percentile in the top five leagues. Like shot creating actions. Uh five uh uh, 5.59 per 90. He's in the 99 percent. Like, basically, if if you're a person who who understands the FB ref uh, scouting reports, a lot of green, and that's good. Like, he's in the 99 percent. He's in the 99 uh, percentile for progressive carries, for successful take-ons, for touches, 
for progressive passes received. Now, there is one area. Passes attempted, uh, he's in the 17th percentile. Pass completion in the 51st percentile. And uh, progressive passes, 38%. So so I, I I would imagine those things will get infinitely better under uh, Pep Guardiola and, and tackles uh, 1.6 per 90 in the 24th percentile. So I definitely think, I mean, because of the way City win the ball back, that's that's going to get better for him. Yeah. But I, I, I don't know that much really about him, except that um, we were doing, was it previews, I think, for the last European Championships. And he, he was a name that came across a lot that um, Roberto Martinez really liked him. So yeah. now we're going to get to see him in England, and the um, the underlying metrics look good, Andrew. Well, yeah. However, it does bear mentioning that the underlying metrics are helped a little bit by what is a smaller sample size for him. So I think yep. the chance for his per nineties to rate higher is greater because he's not seeing the field very much. He's dealt with a lot of injury over yep. the last season and a half, um, and so that has affected his ability to be on the field consistently. So we'll see if that. I mean, it's it's hard to predict that. Like, I, I don't know if that means he's an injury-prone player and get used to a lot of this, or it could be, that may not be the case at all. Um, uh, Belgian journalist Claudio Rulins compared him to Raheem Sterling, but with more potential. That's that's high, that's high praise. That's high praise. Uh, so, yep. you know, we'll see. Um, uh, Manchester City could use a player like him. With Riyad Mahrez gone, I'm sure, you know, Doku will slot right into that rotation of players who will kind of fill that void out on the wing. Um, you know, uh, so it could be perfect. Now I'm a little bit surprised because some of what you hear is that, yeah, he's great with the ball at his feet. Like that's, you know, like we've talked about all his dribbling metrics are, are really, really impressive, but he's not necessarily known as a, as like a high level passer, um, which he's not, no, which is kind of, you know, that's sort of what you think of when you think of Pep in Manchester city, a lot of quick passing, um, and that may not necessarily be his thing. However, I mean, like you just mentioned, Jack Grealish is one of the players who's on that list with, you know, most distance covered on ball carrying. So um, this, you might just have another one of those guys on the other side of the field. It could work out beautifully. And honestly, like Manchester City, we're talking about, you know, their bench and and we've always said this about them. Like they don't, they don't go on these wild sprees. Like even with all the money they have, they don't usually do what you're seeing Chelsea do. Like you don't see Manchester city do that, but when they decide on a player, they make sure they get them. And they're usually right. I can't think of too many busts other than like Calvin Phillips. I mean, who else can you really think of JJ that Manchester city went big on and it went bust. There's not many of those. No, there isn't. Um, I, I'd, I'd fancy Pep to make a player out of him, Andrew, <laughs> to be yeah. perfectly honest with you. Um, and again, don't forget, like systems. You know, Pep sees it differently to us. He'll see, he'll see definitely certain talents and certain, um, certain positives a player has. But the player will fit into the system, and he will learn the system, and that will be a part of the way they play. It's like so heavily choreographed that you know, as long as he's got some of the basic skills, he can do it. You know, and 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 he can clearly execute. I know the sample size is small, but um, yeah, I I I'd have full faith he'll be just fine. Yeah, and it may not happen right away. We know that's how it goes with Manchester City. Sometimes it takes these guys a season to acclimate, but they may not need him right away. So you know, we'll see. If I were a City fan, I'd be excited. 
that's that's Signs basically are they don't need him right away. Yeah. Um, we should say, by the way, while we're mentioning Pep, uh, he'll be out for, what, a month? Emergency back surgery, flew back to Barcelona, which I found a little strange. Like, why? Why get on a flight I, for two and a half, three hours for back surgery? You're, I mean, uh, if if a surgeon, I mean, has he had back surgery before? Is there a surgeon there or a back specialist he's particularly comfortable in that sense? That, 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 has, that has to be the case. Yeah. I mean, in that sense, I can really understand it. Um and and what 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 is the nature of the surgery? Is it like, is it um, discotomy where they remove the fluid that's they remove the disc if it's impinging on the nerve? Is it like what is it? I don't, I don't know. know. I, I've done a I haven't done any research on this one. I'm not going to lie. Pep's health is not something I think about regularly. But I, I the article I read in the Athletic last year about how on the day of a game he doesn't eat anything until after the game. Is, is staggering to me. You know, he just goes by nervous energy all the way through the day, and then he eats after. I could see that. He's frenetic. Yeah, he I, is frenetic. Well, ma- imagine his blood sugar levels. Yeah. It's got to be through the floor. Well, I hope he's all right, and I hope that we see yeah. him back on the sideline soon because he's uh, he's great. We're, we're fans of his on this show, so I hope he's doing all right. Um, one final transfer thing. I, I don't have much to say about this. Carlo Ancelotti said uh, 100% ruling out the possibility of Real Madrid signing uh, Kylian Mbappe in this transfer window. Um, I don't, this, whatever's gone on over the last four months or so with Kylian Mbappe and transfer rumors, I don't get it. Maybe someday somebody will write a book about it, or there will be some kind of documentary about it. Like they did with Figo's move from Barcelona to Real Madrid. I got to know what's going on here. It's very weird. Like you're hearing rumors that he might sign another year extension with PSG to make sure that they can sell him for at least something next summer. I don't know why, We've talked about this before. I have no idea why Mbappe would agree to that unless there's some deal of if you want to play for us this season, you'll sign on the dotted line. If you don't sign, you don't play. And maybe he just doesn't want to waste a prime year of his career sitting on the bench. Uh, So I don't know. This is all very weird. I didn't think I'd be seeing him for another full season at at PSG, but here we are. looks like that's going to be the case. Yeah, I'm I'm bored by it now at this point. I I expect in the future see him in the white of Real Madrid. I, I do honestly 100% expect that, yeah. but uh, it definitely won't be this season, not nope. this window. Uh, let's see, JJ. Let's continue now. We have a U.S. Open Cup final, and surprise, surprise, Lionel Messi will be playing in it. I, I got to say, before we kind of get into this, um, people who are only like, you know, obviously Lionel Messi attracts attention from everyone around the world. It's not just us here in the United States who are watching him in MLS, everybody's interested in Messi right now. People around the globe who don't really know much about MLS until now, they must be so confused. So like he just won this trophy in a tournament that they've never heard of. And then a few days later, he's now qualified for the final of another tournament. Like there, people must be wondering like, when, when is the league happened? What are exactly. all these? What are these games and these like weird trophies that we've never heard of that he's just racking up? People must be very confused by what's what's gone on since he's arrived here. It's like Messi's trapped in this like never ending tournament. And <laughs> the game last night went to penalty kicks again, high drama, three three, in uh, in ordinary time, but very fun game. Ends up on penalties. Like it is utterly like from the from an outside perspective, if some if someone said. Wow, um, Messi's playing in MLS. It seems very exciting. Oh, he hasn't kicked a ball in MLS yet. Yeah, right. Wait, why are all these MLS games going to penalties? 
what are they doing over there? Yeah. Um, but again, like an, another fun game. Oh, uh, it was incredible. Two assists. Uh, he left one right on the head of Campania, and um, and then well, he left two right on the head of Campania. Two brilliant, brilliant. Uh, the second one, I know everyone was raving about it, but like, it is actually very good. Yeah, I was going to say that's a fairly basic ball for someone like Lionel Messi, but oh, it's still no, very, no, very... no, come on, that was a, the way is... he whips it. The way he whips it is so good. The 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 second one, like, and the, he, the way and he he puts it in like the only spot. Where it will simultaneously miss was it Miazga? I, I can't remember which defender it was who he just like narrowly gets it over his head, but it's like also right in the spot where like it's the keeper can't quite get there in time. It was like the only place he could have put it where all you're those right. things could have happened. No, it, was, it was perfect. You're, you're completely right. It, it is that. It it's like you know when when Mahomes he maybe he's thrown only like a 15 yard pass and he just dips it over. The, the safety or the, the the defender and plops it right into the hands of the receiver. And you're like, there's no margin for error here. Yeah. It's just like plopped perfectly. Um, Except fairness, Messi also though, did this with the, like with their hopes of winning this trophy dwindling by the second. Like it was basically like the last touch of the ball. I mean, that was it. Incredible. We should, we should say though, like Brandon Vasquez got a pretty sweet goal for, for Cincinnati too. And Kubo's goal was pretty was pretty pretty good too. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's so weird to me now because it's like it's the whole league, like the whole interest in domestic soccer in the United States is now resting on one man. Yeah, and I, and again, I. You know, I'm drawn in from from different areas today, but but the San Diego Loyal, which is the team that's owned in part owned by Landon Donovan, mm-hmm. um, USL team, they they're not operating anymore. They're out of business. They've decided they can't do it. They're not taking it to another town. Uh, the owners are very much San Diego San Diego people, people who love the town, and they wanted a professional soccer club there, and they've had four seasons. Unfortunately, two of those seasons coincided with the COVID-19 outbreak and it's been very tough. And and one of their owners did an impassioned kind of video saying, we're just sorry, but it's not viable and we can't give you the product you deserve. And therefore, we are basically going to cease to exist at the end of this season. And that juxtaposition for me with the influx of interest purportedly or on the on the level it seems like it's interest in MLS it's actually interest in what Messi's doing to MLS yeah and what, and, Me- and what Inter Miami are doing like and I just think you know as I sit here now with the with the Atlantic Ocean just kind of blowing at me in in kind of cold reality for US domestic soccer and I'm not talking about the academies. I'm not talking about the way it's producing players and, and going abroad. Is that at the lower levels, it's still struggling to exist. And in MLS, it's kind of a, a, a private ring-fenced club, which now has the best player in the world. And it's riding a 35-year-old Lionel Messi as hard as it can. And yeah. I'm, 
and it, and 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 you just ask yourself that a good place to be because i'm not sure that it is well it's hard to know right i mean this was all obviously this was about making money for mls and and boosting mls's profile and making money for apple it was all those things but from you know the greater picture i think obviously one of the hopes here is that there would be some kind of trickle down effect that it would raise the profile of the whole sport in this country and that more kids would be interested in soccer and watching this league domestically so it's hard to know right away what the impact will be from well, I think, the perspective of what you're talking about. Well, I, yeah, but I think we need to separate those things. I mean, you have talked about this a lot. I, like soccer is growing. Is, is, soccer is huge in the United States. And it will continue to grow. It's more the state of where where the domestic club game is. Well, you're That's right. Re- but, but you're right that soccer is huge in this country. And you're right that it will continue to grow. But a way to accelerate that growth is by the domestic league here that you can actually go to and see these players up close and personal by that suddenly exploding. I think you accelerate, you can accelerate the growth. So just while we're on it. So tell me, tell me why I'm wrong here. It just seems as if there's been a certain um, acceptance by Don Garber and the people at the top at MLS. So, they decided that they can't get the viewing figures, so forget it. We're going almost exclusively or largely behind a paywall streaming, doing this deal with Apple. We're going to take Apple's money offer, and we're going to go for that. And it wasn't, from what we know, the figures were, I mean, we had conflicting reports, obviously, but you know, there was supposed to have been a leak where it wasn't like the subscriptions were ghastly, very low, and Apple were worried. And then there was the other leak that, no, everything's fine. And then the next thing, Messi shows up. And it just feels as if there was a like a kind of pivot from MLS. Because the last few years, MLS has been kind of building this model of getting young South American talent, bringing it to MLS. And then, you know, Miggy Almiron being that classic example. And then moving them on. But like, Buying young talent, no longer a retirement league. And now the whole plan, everything, the subscriptions, the worldwide coverage, the everything is on him. Well, is on one reti- one guy who is, whether we like it or not, as good as he is, 35 and probably won't be playing in five years. It just seems No, as you're if- right. It, it was a dramatic... Uh, the most dramatic removal from where the league was was heading as you could possibly yeah. have. However, like I don't know how I can combat that other than saying, but it's messy. Like, why why wouldn't you why wouldn't you want him here? He's still at or what? near the top of his game. I went through it the other night of like all the accolades of his from within just the last few months. Like he's not. He's not some aging dinosaur, like a shell of the player he was. He's still, there's still greatness here. And, you know, you talk about South Americans and and a pipeline growing to MLS. I mean, does that pipeline grow larger if Lionel Messi has added some credibility to this league? I mean, I'm sure this is being watched by all people in Argentina, all his fellow countrymen. Like, I think that pipeline may double in size because of what Messi the impact that he has here and the I, influence that it has on, on people back home. Well, I, I mean, I, I'm, I've been talking to a Irish, I'm in contact with an Irish professional footballer who's not, who's playing in, um, in Italy at the moment. 
and definitely it's an ambition of his to to play in the US would that have been the case probably 10 15 years ago maybe not um and i do think it's more of a destination but i'm not sure that messi being here i like i think while messi's here there's a definite attraction to the league but i just i again it's like have they planned for post messi like well I, probably like the, not the, but that's the way i think of you see and again i'm naive i forget you know, Don Garber answers to billionaires. He doesn't really answer to USSF. He answers to all the league owners. And what do they want to see? They want to see buzz. They want to see hype. They want to see return on investment. That does not necessarily run in lockstep with development and viability and um, creating a league that is competitive and and vibrant. And and I guess I guess that's where the disconnect is for me because I'm constantly thinking about how can the domestic game, you know, uh, furnish players and, and create players for the national team and be something that is like just like really, really a good I hate the term product. I don't mean product, but really something that people in their local areas want to go and watch. Um, well, right now it is that. I mean, he's made this the speed with which this has suddenly become mainstream is pretty shocking. I mean, I'm last night as as. As a U.S. Open Cup semifinal was being played, a thing that doesn't usually garner much mainstream attention, I'm seeing people across all sports, like you know, reporters and analysts from all sports, commenting on what they're seeing. NFL guys tweeting about Messi last night, like in a U.S. Open Cup semifinal. Like I know, stuff, it, I know, like, it, this has become mainstream so quickly. Um, I don't know that this is that this could have gone better so far if you're Don Garber and MLS. And I get your I concern. I, like, I, don't trust me. Your concern is not lost on me because if you have someone who's bigger than the league, which he is, yes. then what happens when that person leaves the league? You know that that's worrisome. But all I can say is we're still years away from that. Um, so I think I don't know if this is the moment to be worried about that. There's so many things that are going to happen between now and then. The league will hopefully you know, build off of this momentum that he's brought to it and, and grow in, in other ways. Uh, and so maybe, you know, two years from now or three years from now, they will have some sort of succession plan in place for after he leaves. But right now it's just, it's just too much fun. I, I, I don't, I'm not going to bog myself down with, well, what are we going to do when this guy's gone? Well, he just got here. Like, you know, uh, Fair you know enough. if you have a, if there's a party going on at, you know, and you you show up. You don't start thinking about well, what time are we? When are we going to leave? How are we going to get home? Well, it's eight o'clock. We're worried about that at two a.m. Let's let's enjoy ourselves Sorry. and have fun. Sorry, you do. That's exactly what you do. No, 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 no. My wife does that. Oh, okay. That's not me. Well, I'll tell you. I'll tell you what else. There was someone else having fun last night. Who was that? JJ on the call of this game, of course, was an old friend. Whom we used to no. love, whom we used to love back when he was doing Messi's games on Being Sport, Mr. Ray Hudson. Get out. And we probably wondered if their paths would ever cross again. And fortunately, they have. They did last night. And so with that, JJ, I you thought haven't. it was I thought it was the right time to reach deep into our old bag of fun and bring back an old favorite. That's right. It's time for Hey! This man is a 
Oh, this, this is fantastic, Andrew. This is, I mean, it's this, this segment is long or like, what is it, like six years since we've done it? Oh, man, it was after that unbelievable 3-2 between Barcelona and Real Madrid, right? Wasn't that when we did it? 2017, wasn't it? I think that's, oh, man, what a, it's one of the greatest games I think I've ever seen. I think it was from that, was it 17? It, yeah, it might have been. It was, we only did it once. It was so fun. And I just thought, I don't know when this moment's gonna gonna happen again. So you know, he, I, I guess maybe for the the final. Um, and the great I thing thought, is, the great thing is, I watched highlights, and the highlights had people talking over it. So I oh. don't know what Ray was saying. Okay, well here we go. So I've got a so for those who for the uninitiated, I guess, because like JJ just said, it was a while ago when we last did this. It's Ray Hudson Jeopardy, and what we do is. We take some of his calls from the game and we we cut them. We'll play. You'll see now we'll play the, the first part of the call and then I'll stop it. And you have to guess how the call ends. All right. Are you ready? Ready to go. I got five of these here. Here we go. The first right. one. He doesn't pull passes. A rabbit's out of his magic hat. He pulls. Okay. He pulls a pure gold b kangaroos or c footballing genius i'm gonna go a pure gold all right now let's hear how it ends kangaroos oh god i mean yeah it doesn't make any sense ray well pure gold would have made would have been good but no he he wanted to stick with animals not He's rabbits. Right. He... What's a what's a gigantic version of a rabbit? All right, kangaroo. Sure, why not? Yes, a huge antipodean kangaroo, marsupial. All right, next one. There's question two. He takes everything into consideration, including a the planets around the sun, b players he can't even see, or c loved ones both near and far. Uh, B, Andrew. And then let's see how it ends. The planets around the sun. No, I'm sorry. You're 0 for 2. Oh, honestly, I was too logical with that. You got to think, you got to think like Ray thinks. Yeah, he's far bigger than, than Earth. And, he's and he's in the brain, solar system. Ray's brain is in space. So fair enough. Yeah. All right. We got a few more here. Next one. Okay. Cool as a polar bear's. That's right. He he says, JJ, cool as a polar bear's. A toenail. B den in the back country of Alaska, or C belly after a dip in the Bering Sea. I mean, it's got to be C. Well, let's find out. Toenails. No, I'm sorry. It's toenail, JJ. Cool, you cool know, as a polar that, bear's I, toenail. Yeah, and you know that feels like one he's used before. The, the the problem is I think you're you're trying to analyze and there's no logic. It's no. just what he's feeling in the moment. And that's all it is. You just need to get in his head. And right now you're struggling. You're over three. All right, two more. Here's the fourth one. He'll drop a pint of beer into it. Uh, he'll drop a pint of beer into a a keyhole, 
B, thimble, or C, shot glass at the other end of the bar? C. All right, let's hear Ray. Shot glass at the other end of the bar. There you go. You got one. You're on the board. I thought like Ray. Become Ray. You're on the board. All right, last one. And smooth as a... That's right. He says, and as smooth as a... A, hard-boiled egg, B, Zamboni, or C, baby's backside? Oh, God. I mean, any one of these. Let me think. Smooth as a Zamboni. Is that where you're going? Smooth as a hard-boiled egg. Hard-boiled egg. Okay, let's listen to Ray. Zamboni with the finish. Ah, it was Zamboni. One, uh, so that's it. One for five, JJ, in the that's return of Ray Hudson me. Jeopardy. That's very poor. I have to, I have to bone up on Ray. And you know, Zamboni. <laughs> what you know, a I sentence! Could, I could hear him. <laughs> I could hear him say Zamboni. Zamboni. Ah, uh, yeah. all right, guys. Sorry, let everyone down. But that yeah. that that game show was a tremendous, tremendous. And that was. Ah, so fun, so fun. I'll tell you what, we'll, let, let's collect ourselves. Let's think about what just happened and, and just the joy that is that man. God, he loves the sport so much. I love him. I really love him. He's a national treasure. I hope he calls every game for the rest of time. I enjoy him that much. We'll go ahead. We'll take a break. We got a little more caught offside still to come. Don't go anywhere. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Oh, back now on Caught Offside. JJ, when do you leave the beach? How much longer are you there? Um, we leave Sunday morning. Okay. So I've got tomorrow, uh, Saturday, and uh, then away Sunday. Nice. Nice. Still some time. Still some time to enjoy. You go to the beach every day. You get bored. You, you go to a boardwalk, do something different. Um, the, the weather today wasn't great, so we just go for a walk. Mm. Um, but I was on, like, early in the morning, Was it was stunning. It was absolutely great. Apart from those two men that had verbally abused me. But um, amazing. Yeah. The, the sun came up in an unusual manner. 
What does um, that mean? <laughs> I mean, it rose like it always does, but whatever way the cloud formation was, it, it kind of, it was almost like it was coming up in a, a cylinder uh, of cloud wrapped around it. Oh. And it was, ah. I know Instagram has ruined sunrises and sunsets. They now are so common because everyone just captures them and puts them on their Instagram. But uh, something so uh, elemental this morning. It was just, it was, it was beautiful. It took my breath away. That's very nice. That's a that's a beautiful postcard that you paint for us. You you, you don't give a damn about it. You could no. see a sunrise sunset. You'd be like, eh. No, no, no I, li- I like that. No, here's what I'll tell you. I enjoy a sunrise or a sunset, but it's it's not really fun to hear someone describe it. No. I got I just need to see it. No, that was crap, wasn't it? A it cylinder so of cloud. I don't I don't even know. You have to just see it. What I'm going to sit here and listen to you talk about a sunrise? Well, if I, if, if if people want to shoot over to at JJ Devani on Instagram, you can see in my <laughs> stories exactly what it looks like. <laughs> uh, let's see. Let's continue now here on on caught offside. Um, so we spoke the other day about Spain. Congrats to them oh. again on women, winning the uh, FIFA Women's World Cup. Um, but the fallout from this has. It's just, it's just no end in sight. So FIFA opened uh, disciplinary proceedings against Luis Rubiales, the um, the Spanish Federation president. And Rubiales today has subsequently decided to resign from the Spanish Federation presidency. Wow. Um, he'd been there since 2018. I'm just going to read here from ESPN FC for a sec because it feels like there were other ways in which this was trending, and and you're going to want to stay tuned for the final part here. Uh, this is from ESPN FC. Rubiales, 46, was elected as president in 2018, and his tenure has been fraught with controversy and big decisions. Just month into the job, a month into the job, he sacked Spain coach Julian Lopetegui on the eve of the World Cup after it emerged that uh, he had a pre-agreement to join Real Madrid after the tournament. Rubiales also faced a backlash for his decision to take the Spanish Super Cup to Saudi Arabia in collaboration with Gerard Piquet, who was an active player for Barcelona at the time. Rubiales vehemently denied that any conflict of interest existed in the deal. There have also been complaints from his uncle and the former director of his cabinet that he used RFEF money to organize sex parties and an investigation is ongoing into allegations that he used Federation cash to take a woman on a trip to New York. Uh, Boy, this is this is some character. And then it all leads up to this moment when Spain achieves this incredible moment of glory. And he does this uh, to Jenny Hermoso. Uh, I mean, and and apparently there was there there's alleged coercion in uh, in getting Jenny Hermoso to do that almost hostage video style essay, um, you know, kind of explanation. Hey, there's nothing going on here. It's all fine. Um, and I'm fine with it when she clearly isn't. Uh, I mean, he has a laundry list of things there. I mean, it was only going one way. <laughs> um, grabbing his crotch full yeah. time. Just the, the behavior. Absolutely, absolutely crazy. And again, it's, it is an awful shame that this this is the main story that emerges from the women's World Cup final. Yeah, well, I I'd, is it, I don't know that I'm willing to concede the main story. Well, it's but, the story everyone's talking about. Yeah, I guess today it is. Yeah, um, I mean, he's obviously a huge figure, the president of the, of the Spanish Federation, right after they won a, a women's World Cup. Yeah, it 
It's a huge deal. I mean, look, when the prime minister gets involved, it's kind of like, well, we all we can all see the writing on the wall here. Um, yeah. So I don't know if I don't know if anyone is shedding any tears over uh, over his exit. Um, no, I don't think so. And um, yeah, and it feels like I don't know. Isn't there something about sports administrators, uh, football administrators in particular? Stuff that they get involved with, the controversies, the power, the wielding of power. I know, I know FIFA, and and I mean, we've read so many books and seen so many documentaries about the corruption there. But like, even in our own FAI, I'm not accusing John Delaney of of um, uh, sexual impropriety or anything like that. But like, you know, Champagne Football by Paul Rowan. Uh, just read that book. And that's in Ireland, a much smaller association than the Spanish association. And just the way it was run, what money got spent on. Uh, yeah. Unbelievable. Well, the thing, too, that I think, you know, look, I, I do not want to make generalizations. So I'll word it like this. There's something going on in Spain that I don't know that I was always aware of as someone who's not from there. You know, I, I visited there once for a week as a tourist, but I feel like we're kind of, I don't know, maybe, maybe a lot of people have known this forever. Um, I don't know that I did, but in the last year, JJ, I feel like there's a side of Spain that has kind of been uncovered. That is, it's ugly. And I think if you're, a, a, you know, there's, there's obviously millions of great people in Spain. And I think if you're one of those people, you, you need things like this to happen, you know, this whole situation to be outed and this person to be, fired or he he wound up resigning but it was he was going to wind up getting fired i mean if you know you you need to kind of cleanse the filth from these high profile positions in in that country cuz like just think about the past year of what's gone on in a sport just in the sporting landscape in spain obviously everything that's happened around racism in that country with everything about with vinicius the scenes at valencia um yeah i mean like it was it was so pervasive this season or last season in la liga um, that was a, a hideous, hideous side of it that we saw. Then, you know, this kind of chauvinism um, that we're seeing now, this incident with Rubiales, there was uh, for people who follow tennis, everything that went on at the Madrid Open this past, you know, a couple months ago at that tennis tournament where the, the men's doubles champions were allowed to speak, but the female doubles champions were not allowed to speak because there were, I think there was fear over what they were going to say about some of the way that women were being, the female players were being treated at the tournament. Um, you know, there's a, there is this side of Spain that is being uncovered that I feel like they, they've got some work to do on some of these but, fronts. But, even, but, but maybe it's not, it's not that there's a side of Spain that's being uncovered. Maybe we are seeing a country, um, that is pushing against all these inequalities, all the, all these corrupt uh, elements uh, and, and, and misogyny. Maybe we're, maybe we're watching how a country changes in real yeah. time. I hope that's true. That's kind of what I'm saying is if you're a good, if you're a good Spaniard, and like I said, there's millions of them. Um, these are the moments you need for the, these things to be kind of allowed to see the light. So you can start to change them. Um, and so hopefully that's part of what comes out of all this. Um, Cause yeah, this was, this was, you know, for such a great moment in the country's sporting history, the fact that there is this weird dark cloud over it, they didn't, they didn't need that. And it's uh, it's what's gone on, but they're moving past it. So that's, that's all good. Um, 
one other note on women's soccer. I didn't put this in the rundown, but I wanted to mention it real quick. Um, I don't have too much to say about it. Lindsay Horan spoke the other day. Uh, she was on yeah. Kristen Press and Tobin Heath's podcast. I'm not going to go too deep on it, but there was one part of it that I, I just wanted to mention where, you know, she she's talking about the coaching um, and, you know, some of the shortcomings there, I guess. I don't know how else to describe it. Uh, she said when a coach comes in, it's like, hey, how do we get the best out of every single individual player, putting the most simplicity into a 10 day camp every few months and getting the best out of your team and without overcomplicating everything? Uh, I could talk about the last four-year cycle, and we don't need to get into every single thing, but that's not what we did. We did not get the best out of every single individual. I don't think everyone was fully prepared, and that's on us as well. So she does throw that in there at the end. That's on us as well. Yeah. Um, she, here's my thing. She's probably not wrong. She's probably not wrong. I don't think Vladko Andonovsky, in the end, when we look back on on his time as U.S. Women's te- National Team Manager, it's not it's not a glorious chapter in the history here. It's no, one of the get, worst. We've got that. Right. And so like, but like, it feels a little bit like she's kind of throwing dirt on his grave. Like he, he resigned. Okay. Lindsay Horan is the captain of this team. Uh, Again, I'm not saying she's wrong and I do ultimately want athletes to be honest. Um, But for me, I don't know. It, It felt like a little bit of a bad look that like the captain of the team in a certain way, kind of passed the buck a little bit. And put some of this on the coach. It's not really what I want to hear from the captain. By the way, especially after that coach has resigned. Like he he's paid for it already. It's over. He's gone. He was going to get fired. So he left. Like we know. We all know that he was not up for this job. I don't know that I want to hear my captain throw dirt on the grave of a coach that's already left. I kind of... And I, look, I, I'll i be fully transparent. I have not heard the the whole interview. And so I'm taking bits out of context. And so if she heard me saying this right now, she might be furious and think that it's unfair. So I get that. I should probably listen to the whole thing. But seeing that part, I don't know. It's just, it's not really what I want to hear from the captain of the team. I, I guess I kind of want to hear more sort of self-accountability. I, I, I agree with that. And and, and exp- explanations of, of, of why the performances were so stodgy. I mean... You know, players have to bear some of the responsibility for that, too. Yeah. And and look, I think she did. She did say that that was on us as well. Uh, she wanted to talk about how they, they played with no joy. I don't know if that's a comment on the coaching, on the players. On, I, don't I don't know. know. I don't to, know what seems to be on. a lot of joy in dancing before the games. Oh, oh. Hmm, interesting. I don't know. Um, joy wasn't a... I didn't think joy was an issue. I thought tactically and technically... Uh, behind the teams they played was the issue. Yeah, she said, I had a press conference. That was the first thing that came to my mind. There's no joy. I haven't truly enjoyed moments on the field where I came off the field and was like, oh, I love that game. So, yeah, I don't I know. I mean, if if you don't win, you play poorly, you're always going to feel that way. Yeah. I, I don't know why this is surprising to her. Yeah. Well, it's a feeling they're not used to because they win so much. This is kind of one of the first reality checks that they've had. I think, where... Well, I think there's a lot more reality checks coming down the line. Wow, what a... What a negative comment. I don't I don't know how I feel That's about that. That's the way I feel anyway, having watched Spain. Um, let's see. Finally here, uh, JJ, before we uh before we wrap things up, just want to mention a couple quick things on Manchester United. Mason Mount gonna miss uh next couple matches, at least through the international break. He picked up an injury. Uh and it was just announced earlier today that also Luke Shaw sustained a muscle injury in training. He's now gonna be out for a number of weeks. They didn't put a, a an exact number on it, but um boy, this is some this is just not the way you want to start a season. 
if you're Manchester United, like building off of whatever good feelings there were coming off the 10 hog year. I know it didn't end great last season, but they won a trophy. They qualified for champions league. It was a successful season. Um, but their first two performances this season, now some, some, you know, an injury to your big signing who also hasn't played well, an injury to one of your most reliable defenders. This is, it's not going well right now. No, it's not. Um, Somebody did a very funny tweet um, on on X, as they call it now. And it was, I, I haven't seen the film, but it, it's just a montage of uh, Oppenheimer, uh, Killian Murphy, in all these kind of moments of, of, of clear distress and worry and almost as if his brain has been flooded by the awful, awful possibilities of what might happen. And... Above it is just a list of things that are going wrong at Manchester United. It's it's very, very, obviously very, very visual. But I looked at it and I couldn't stop laughing. It's a list that's growing, unfortunately, for them. Um, now, I will say our buddy um, Dan, he posted as a, also an animal on Reddit, um, Eric Ten Hag's progress, points mm. from first 40 Premier League games. Pep has the most, not surprisingly, at 82. Second on the list is Ten Hag. At 78, Klopp third with 71 points from his first 40. Then Solskjaer at 68, Arteta with 63. But Ten Hag not far behind where Pep was at through 40 games in the Premier League. And and yet, I would say since the Carabao Cup win in February was very, very underwhelming. And the point I made to Dan, which he agreed with in the thread, was it's just not looking like what we expected from Ten Hag. I mean, we just did expect some kind of a, a IX re- 2019 redo. And and what it's been has been more just different and, and kind of, uh, how would I put it, slower. And um, Mark Critchley was, was talking about this on the Second Captain's podcast. He said Ten Hag repeated during the, the preseason how we wanted United to be the best counter-attacking team which is kind of what Ole Gunnar Solskjaer wanted them to do. So like, just what we're seeing is not what we thought we'd get from Ten Hag. Now, it doesn't mean I still think they'll be fine, but is fine going to be enough? Um, yeah, I, I, I don't know. that the, the problems are piling up, and they, they could do with a really good performance and a really good win. There goes JJ again, just stealing points from second captains. I know. Wow. Terrible. Terrible to give someone else's opinion when you're trying to discuss an issue what a Why narcissist just, a narcissist yeah absolute narcissist a narcissist who references uh other people yeah it's not gross. just himself it's gross quite frankly uh hey just want to remind everybody that support for caught offside is brought to you by manscaped oh yeah of course the best in men's below the waist grooming manscaped offers precision engineered tools for your family jewels Manscaped recently launched the Ultimate Men's Hygiene Bundle, the Performance Package. So join over 8 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer for you. 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the code CAUGHTOFFSIDE at manscaped.com. 20% off, free shipping with the code CAUGHTOFFSIDE at manscaped.com. It comes, of course, with uh, the lawnmower, the, uh, there's the nose hair trimmer, uh, boxer briefs, different sizing options for the lawnmower, of course, the charger, special travel bag. It has everything you could possibly want to make what for some people is an annoying process as simple as you could ever want to be. This is not a thing that should be complicated or difficult. You want to get in, 
out, do the job, and this is what makes it as easy as you could ever hope for. That's right. It is 20% off and free shipping with the code CAUGHTOFFSIDE at manscaped.com. Unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. I'm due due to get shorn (laughs) south of the border. So I'm I'm looking forward. When I get back to Brooklyn, the first thing I do is uh, give myself a bit of a seeing to down there. <laughs> Due to get shorn. Uh, JJ, I got nothing left. It's late. Uh, I'm all Ray hudson out. I think that we've was... left nothing out there. We've, <laughs> we've left absolutely nothing out there. Uh, hey, I, I hope you have a great time the rest of your trip down at the beach. Enjoy the games this weekend. Should be another great weekend of soccer action. I guess this is week three. I've been trying to figure out when exactly we want to do our uh, jump to conclusions pod. We might want to wait an extra week and do it in the international break. I'm thinking maybe usually we do it after the third week. I'm thinking maybe we wait until that international break week. What do you think? Yeah, we'll do it then and and we'll mix it up with some spicy, sexy international football. There you go. That sounds like a plan. Hey, JJ, to you, I say. Check you later, phone boy. I'll see you. Take care. You've been listening to the Caught Offside Soccer Podcast. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 